Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. I am too good to eat rats, it's Michael, and joining me as always, his presence is palpable and I'm overwhelmed by his charm, it's Adrian. Hello. And this month he accidentally became a furry, it's Matt. Hello. If you haven't guessed yet from our clever little names or the title of this month's podcast, we've been playing Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, the video game based upon the tabletop RPG of Vampires, the longest title in the world. Uh, this is a game that came out many years ago now, uh, and it was in fact the second ever game on the Source engine. Really? Ooh. Saucy. Yes, so, uh, Half-Life 2 was first. Yeah, that makes sense. And this was being actually made at the same time. And from what I understand, they were kind of in a rush to get it out um, because they were supposed to both kind of launch on Steam in like a similar time frame. Um, and so there was like apparently like a bunch of cut content it's a really big Western RPG, but apparently there was, like, even more. Interesting. I wonder I wonder what brought them to use the Source engine, because I, I started playing it, and I was like, oh, it's been so long since I played something in, so- in Source, right? And then I was thinking, like, you know, a lot of the stuff I've played in Source is, like, mods or janky, like, like Gmod is effectively a mod right and then like what other real games have been made in source that don't feel like half-life feels like a polished thing but i and i've played lots of source mods but i was like a whole another like real game in the source engine it just feels it felt rarer than than what maybe what it actually is well because yeah i guess really aside from half-life counter-strike TF2? Um, yeah, TF2, Portal, Left for Dead. Like, it's all quite... It's in-house. In-house. So they know how to get the best out of it. Not like, um, I think, was it Golden Source is the name for Source 1? Yeah, Half-Life. The original yeah, Half-Life. Yeah. That one got around. That one had a lot. That had, like, Quake 3 and Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. So that one got around. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think what this had source game. Postal three came out on source. Really? It just <laughs> yeah. doesn't feel like an engine that a developer would go. All right, time to make a game. I'm going to license an engine. Source it is. I don't know. It just <laughs> maybe it's just the years of playing like funny and dodgy mods. The Stanley Parable was source. The original one, right? Like as in the the, the mod. 2013, the Stanley Parable. Okay. Uh, thought, even the like, is that the actual? Is that the actual? Half Life Two mod and remake source, and then Ultra Deluxe using Unity. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Okay. God, was that really 2013? Damn. Yeah. Was I looking at that achievement now? <laughs> this this game is nearly 20 years old. It's oh, 17 years old. Vampire the Masquerade, and the team that made it, Troika Games had come from the original team of Fallout. So uh, oh, Interplay, okay. I think they were called, and they became like In Exile Entertainment. 
they spun off into Troika. This is like the only thing they ever made. But I think you can like you can tell that it is like Fallout in like the the talking heads, the yeah, a lot of the tabletop systems just being employed into a first person and third person RPG. Like it feels very Fallouty, but just your vampires. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, which probably didn't help my approach to it, but it is really like they took the Source engine and turned it into as much as Fallout Three as they could, which is kind of funny. The question is, which engine's jankier? Bethesda's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. On a on a brief side note, though. I was playing, uh, I was looking for games to play last night, in fact, and I was like, oh, you know what, I've uh, got Mirror's Edge Catalyst installed, and I was like, just looking up some details about it. It blows my mind that the original was 2008, that's 13, almost 14 years ago, and the remake was only five. Like, time has become a whack concept. Um, so 20 years for this game as well, just like, it's almost incomprehensible <laughs> I would say for the most part it's held up pretty well um, like yeah it looks like an old game but it I don't think it looks ancient and the writing and the characters and the voice acting um, like have kept it pretty fresh like I feel like maybe this is why we're getting bloodlines 2. Because it's kind of like everything's there. It just needs a new, like, coat of paint. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, that's probably why it's stayed such a classic for so long. I mean, this whole year's theme has been cult classics. And I can I can see why this, you know, got that status from, from its fans. And, yeah, why they are able to do a sequel. Surely the sequel's not in Source 2. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. The sequel is has been delayed. I found out. Oh uh, yeah, like four times or something. Something like that. But um, it was going the way of uh, cyberpunk. It looked like so. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Did you know, uh, Adrian? Yeah. That uh, that our boss. So when we work together, so yeah. your boss, our boss. Uh, his brother was very much into the tabletop version of this game and would host large parties uh, where everyone would... You you have your clans and everyone is their own race of vampire. And it's sort of... My understanding of vampire, the tabletop, is that it's less kind of like D&D and it's more talking. It's more almost yeah. like LARPing. More role play. Yeah. Uh, did you did you know that that his brother was very much into it? Uh, not this. I knew his brother was into tabletops, but I didn't realize it was Vampire the Masquerade. But- because and I what gave it away is because he, he once was trying to explain this, but he didn't know the name for it. He was just talking about like vampires, some vampire role playing game. But I remember our boss saying to me like, <laughs> "Going, the Bruja are out of control." <laughs> and the clans of bloodlines include the Bruja, the Gengar, the the Malkavian, Nosferatu, Tereador, Tremere, and Ventru. Right at the top of the list, the Bruja. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's the same thing. 
Okay, I got to go give him a little bit of talking to on uh, when next I when next I see him. Uh, but that said, this does intrigue me in the tabletop. Like, I wouldn't mind giving the tabletop a go now. I think. See, it's interesting. It's a coincidence that he picked one that's in the game because I had someone when I was streaming this. Someone came in and they do the tabletop, and it's like there are hundreds of like clans or families or whatever they're called in the tabletop game it seems like just heaps and some are just so insanely like overpowered like they they appear in the game but you can't be the race for example there was one that is like a boss in the sewer and i just assumed it was a nosferatu but no it's like a whole other race i didn't i cannot retain this information (laughs) Because I, d- I haven't played uh, the tabletop. I wonder from- how faithful it is. I wonder if the tabletop players are like, yeah, this is a good adaptation. Or if they're like, you, anyone who plays the video game is fake and fraud. Because it's actually like a whole series of tabletops. So this is Vampire the Masquerade. But in the same universe is Werewolf the Apocalypse Mage the Ascension, Wraith the Oblivion, and Changeling the Dreaming. So there's like, there's full-on races of different mythical beings. Within that, they then have clans. Like, it's huge. So the umbrella is either World of Darkness or Chronicles of Darkness? Yeah. One of those two is the umbrella. That's, that intrigues me to like learn more about the world and the law. You know what didn't? The game. <laughs> See, the game didn't, but I imagine for entirely different reasons to you. So the premise uh, is pretty simple in that you uh, you have a knight with a a sexy vampire, and they sire you, which is they turn you into a vampire. Which in this game's law doesn't happen to everyone that is bitten. It has to be, like, willed. It has to be done deliberately. And it's illegal within the masquerade to just do that willy-nilly, like, without clearance from the hierarchy of the vampires. Uh, So then your sire is killed. They want to kill you, but then the prince of the vampires, he stops it, and you are then a little fledgling vampire running around Los Angeles free to do the big boys bidding just being the pawn like that's the actually the one of the characters that i didn't end up doing because i found it too convoluted but it was like oh you're the pawn but you gotta you know the queen and the king and it's like i don't care about this individual emailing me that's okay that's a very interesting thing is the email well i'm gonna write that in for later as you would tackle the grind. So there's your premise. There's a setup. It's a big, big world. You can check it out in tabletop. You can check it out in this game. But we're here for the grind. Uh, what got in the way of you playing this game? Uh, the game. Like, it's just not my jam. It's just not my kind of game as a busy gamer. I like, I want direction. I want to know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing. Uh, and I want to f- experience the story the developers want to tell me immediately. Uh, and, you know, the tutorial was pretty direct. And then 
and kind of long. And that also probably plays a part to the grind where I was like, I played like maybe like a few, like one hour sessions. And it took me like two of them to get through the like tutorial and like step out onto that street and start like doing other stuff. And as soon as I did, I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I like went into one room and talking to a guy who was bleeding out on a couch. He's like, go to the docks. And I was like, okay. And then I started wandering around and couldn't find them. And I was like, ah, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the game itself is, is just not the kind of game I'm looking for. So it was uh, not, not a great start for me in terms of that, that grind. I think that computer RPGs, uh, of yesteryear, so of like twenty years ago, yeah, were very much left in like the player's hands. I think being, very oblivion, very yeah, uh, Morrowind. I think being directed was more of a console idea for PC games. You were kind of left to your own devices, and like almost in a way that this isn't a puzzle game, but that's a puzzle in itself. The writers have obviously gone well. You're a vampire who's not from LA, and you're just you've just become a vampire. So we're just going to literally drop you in, and of course you know nothing, and you yeah you don't know the town, and so you've got to like you've got to check the bus stops to use like a map of the town to see where you need to go, and you've got to read like your diary, which tells you what you're doing, but in clue terms rather than necessarily like straight out direction. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's a that's like a trope of these older games, and that's kind of gone away now. I don't think any RPGs really ask that of you. Assassin's Creed and their newer stuff have tried to bring a little ba- bit of that back in, but they'll give you a more um, a more specific area. So it'll be like, go and find your target. He's over here in this town. I'm not going to tell you where he is in the town, but he's in this town. Yeah, I think the thing with this game is is that they really want you to just kind of exist and um, I think that's good and there's a place for it, but from a specific, like, grind point of view, it's like I don't want to just wander around a place and be immersed in the world for the sake of it. I want to be, like, doing things. I want to, like, have my tasks immediately known like, for example, the serial killer, I'm like, did I fail? Did I succeed? I have no idea because all I did was show up and then it, that's all I could do. And it's supposed to be like, yeah, because you, you don't know what to do. And it's like, no, I don't. I, what do I do? You just exist. It is one of those things where I've often thought in games you almost need, like, a character or maybe the journal to say something along the lines of, like, this is all I can do for now, you know? Yeah. You need, like, some kind of, like, I know it's a little on the nose, but you could weave it into the story of, like, you know, maybe when you go to, so you go to the crime scene of the serial killings, which is on, like, the Santa Monica Pier, it would be good or helpful if the police there, if you talk to one of them, and they were like, oh, I'm at a loss. We're going to need more evidence to... And then you kind of like start putting it together. But it is a little bit annoying, yeah, when a quest line seems to just stop 
and you're wondering, have I already missed something? And it's like, no, you've done all you can in this town and you can't learn more until you go to the next town of downtown. So I feel like these things are, yeah, these are like the clunk of the old games along with the combat I thought was just clunky trash. Um, and what, what what combat do you mean? Because you've got uh, firearms, which as a gangrel uh, are the worst thing in the world. But That's melee was fine for me. Sneak and melee was like, oh yeah, this is a, this is the game. Sneak, and it made sneak it interesting because nicely. other characters had guns and I don't. Sneak works pretty fact. well. You have like a you have a stealth kill. And initially, uh, hand-to-hand was fine, but it's still, like, it's very janky to, like, aim with the mouse. And I didn't think there was a lock-on, or if there was, the game never told me about a lock-on when you're in, like, melee combat. So you're just kind of, like, strafing around, trying to aim at them with your mouse and swing while they're swinging. Like, it just does, It just felt all messy. So it was just trashy yeah. combat. And then, so because of the clans, everyone has different strengths and weaknesses, which is a cool idea, Um, and it exists in things like Fallout where you have what you're good at and what you're not. But this was on another level. Like, if you had no points in guns, you can't hit the broadside of a barn. Like, I would be quite confident that, like, if I had a gun in reality, I've never fired a gun. If I had a gun and someone was two feet away, I'd probably hit them. This game just, it's, it can be a dice roll. Trying to shoot the bottles in the tutorial was near impossible for my guy <laughs> oh, because yeah. he did not have, he did not have anything to start with in firearms. And it's like, that's too, you should do more damage for being better. But you shouldn't be impossibly bad for not being good enough. Are you supposed to be like heightened senses and awareness and all that as a vampire anyway? Yeah, so you think that you'd be generally better than a person, but you're like a potato. That's what I don't like in in games like this, or even like, for example, Avengers, where it's like, hang on, I'm up here. I'm at the top, right? I should only be really having struggles with if it's like an entire SWAT team. You know, one guard by himself on this boat should not be a problem unless it's a vampire guard and I was never informed. And there should almost be no reticle because as far as I could tell, headshots did no damage more than body shots. I'd like shoot someone in the head while sneaking and they were they would just be like, "Ow, time to fight." I'm like, "Stop that! <laughs> you're, <laughs> dead. you're dead. You're just a man, and I'm a vampire." That's like the classic like D and D coup de gras rules, where it's like, "How do I deal with players stealthing around and like one tapping a person?" Because it does make sense. Like, oh, they have a health pool, so you're shooting them in the head, and you deal double damage or something, but they're still alive. Yeah, but he should be on the ground and requiring, like, emergency assistance, not just, like, going, I'll get you. <laughs> uh, that sounds too advanced for Source. I'm, like, now I'm trying to think. I'm like, does Half-Life even have headshots? I feel like a lot of old games don't, right? Like, 
maybe oh, like. Oh, but they did surely because Counter Strike, not... the Counter Strike would have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a different. That's a competitive shooter. Um, but like, I'm trying to remember if like Gold. I think Goldeneye did, but I don't think it ever insta killed like that kind of thing. It didn't have headshots. It had head crap shots. <laughs> that's no. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I think for me the biggest grind is that it's just stiff. Like, it's just, it is, like, trying to do anything has a level of, like, old game. It's like there is no, like, silver lining without a cloud, and that cloud is a, is a square. Like, walking from one, like, navigating, like, walking through this world. It's like, okay, I've got to get to the beach why is getting to the beach this complicated? Why, like, why is leaving to downtown so complicated? Like, I'm just going downtown, am I not? Well, that's just talking to a guy in a cab. I do get the beach, though. So you walk into a multi-story car park. You then have, it's That's quite large. You've got to go to the back of it. You've then got to go downstairs and walk through a tunnel... And then the game world loads, and then you're on the beach. And there's actually not much at the beach as a world, so I don't understand why that couldn't be a part of the same asset. But the game reloads, and then you're at the beach, which only has the pier and one house up the top of a thing, which is actually its own area as well. That has a loading screen as well. The beach is yeah. tiny. Why is it so far away? Yeah. It's so awkward. Okay. The, the little house makes sense because it's a different area because that's a... Uh, the combat area. You're allowed to do anything. You can turn into a vampire there, you know? Oh, true. So that's why they'd be doing it. So that one makes sense. The beach doesn't. And even that first map, because the... it's not downtown. Where's the first map? Santa Monica? Santa Monica, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's two streets, maybe three. And so in your head, you're like, oh, three streets. That's not, that's very small. It's like I've got here, then I've got the as- asylum or whatever the club was called and then you've got and it, but then it takes so long just to get from one street to the other because either you got to go through a weird alley or you got to go through that multi-story car park uh the next area which was the i didn't unlock uh i believe hollywood and chinatown are the second and fourth uh third and fourth what uh the second area which is downtown was somehow more complex, but I liked it because it was essentially one street, but in an S shape. I felt it. I felt it more annoying to get around in downtown because of just it's just walking. Whereas I did like the idea that like I can cut through the alley to get from the clinic to the nightclub, and that third street you don't really go to. It had the um, the bonds collecting agency, which is a fun quest line uh and then it also has like the silo where you need to um go to to start the final mission to get to the warehouse so the third street i felt like didn't really count and i liked being able to cut across so downtown was a bit annoying that it is yeah a big a big s shape and just lots of high-rise buildings that kind of look all the same it's to us little country boys the big city oh just quickly, uh, one of the big differences with the clans, uh, I'm glad 
I didn't pick Nosferatu because um, after doing further research, um, you will have masquerade violations as the Nosferatu if anyone sees you. Yeah. Because what you're horribly hell? disfigured. So you can only have five masquerade violations and you'll get a game over. Um, like across the entire length of the game, it's five. You can get masquerade points back by doing work for the prince. Um, but it makes, if you're Nosferatu, you are playing a stealth game all the time. Yeah, that's the hard mode of the game, which is like it's interesting that they even have that because I feel like some games wouldn't have that. And then you use the sewers a lot, and the the sewers later in this game aren't fun. The first sewers are just kind of uh, boring and hard to navigate, but there's nothing in them. Later it gets tough. Malkavians are then the other interesting one in that they're apparently really fun playthroughs, but very confusing for your first run because Malkavians are mad um, and so they get really interesting things in that like they can talk to some inanimate objects. Um, the news on the TV will, instead of just run the news, will be like talking to you as the player. Um, so it'll be like a warehouse was destroyed like in Santa Monica last night, but you already know that, don't you? Like, and you can... um you can almost like confuse the characters that you're talking to with weird responses as a Malkavian, but you can. What you're actually doing is you're talking about the plot. But if you've never yeah, played you, the game before, you don't necessarily understand what you're talking about. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But you're technically like, I don't know if it's a fourth wall break or if it's like seeing the future because I had didn't do. I only did my one gangrel. It is sort um, of seeing the futurish because you do meet you meet a thin blood Malkavian hanging out on the beach and for like yeah. 20 bucks she can tell you the future. Um, and so you're like that. So you are like, you're supposed to be like very intuitive but very mad. Which is like really cool. They're like really cool ideas. But there's a lot of clunk. There's a lot of clunk here uh, stopping you from getting to like some good stuff. Well, speaking of good stuff, let's move into some of our... Oh, well, we, firstly, we've got to do a uh, recommendation. Oh, yes. Is this a game is for this... a busy gamer? Um, I'm going no. Um, uh, <laughs> Look, it's an, like, it's a no... So in this part where we talk just the grind, we just have a yes or a no. Stick around later in the episode. We'll give you exactly where it sits. But at its simplest, is this game for a busy gamer? No, because it's a bit clunky and it's long. It's a Western RPG. Doesn't mean it's not good. Doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, but that's a separate probably question. Don't, you probably yeah, don't have time it's... for it in this state. I'd, li- I'd really like to see where they take the next one. Yeah, it's going to be a no. It's a no. So now we move into some inventory management. Better go through my a... severed arms and tire irons. Oh, you took my joke right away from me. <laughs> oh, did you have that? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> Who doesn't have a severed arm and a tire iron, tire iron in this game? The severed arm is just to flex. Well, yeah, uh, that's, where you, that's where your muscles are on your arm. 
Anyway, uh, you can also change to look at your coins, your lockpits, your rating of us on iTunes, which is very high, by the way. Thank you. That's like, if that was your masquerade violations, you would have lost the game. Because it's five nice. out of five. Yeah. Um, you can share us on Spotify if you're there. Uh, you can hit up Facebook at No Time to Grind Podcast, or I am on Twitch at MegamatEX. And so the next uh, game is Rocksmith. The original. This is, so this is our 90th game? Correct. So every 10 games we do a special one. This one and is this, extra special. It's edutainment. Oh, I'm boy. so curious <laughs> if this is going to be effective or not, you know? That, that, this is like a real guinea pig thing because Matt hasn't played guitar in how, how many years would you say has been since you like genuinely played guitar? Like genuinely tried to learn? Yeah. Um, okay, let me see. It would be about 15 years. 15 probably. years. So, Don't you still have one of my bass guitars or did I get that back? You got it back. Okay. There's, there's no way I did a move recently with a <laughs> yeah, bass true. guitar floating around here. <laughs> so so I point. think a great test would be, can you learn Can you learn a song through Rocksmith? We, we're going to come to you like in person at the end of the month and, and see if you can play just one song. And, like, a real song as well, not, like, that little ditty, you know, that you can play, then you're like, this is the one thing I know. A little sea shanty, yeah. yeah. No, it's a good one. Like, but even if you don't... It's a good little sea shanty. Even if you don't play, like, the career, because the original Rocksmith has, like, a better career mode, I think, than the 2014 one, which 2014 one probably has better songs, uh, but the first one has, like, a career mode. So even if you don't do that and you just go, this is the song I'm learning... I, like I want you to 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 have it down pat at least the rhythm by the end of the month. Just because uh, I'm just genuinely curious if it can actually teach you. You do realize that one of the biggest grinds of all time is learning an instrument. Yeah. So how quick and how effective yes. does this game make? You might it, go. You know? This helped or this made it worse. <laughs> Because or I could go. I didn't get to play it at all. I didn't have any time to grind. That's it. Oh, we'll see. So I guess we're jumping back in that cab with Kane. Is it Kane in the end? What, like a Kane and Abel? Yeah, because that's so. Kane in Vampire the Masquerade is the first vampire. Um, Yeah, it's classic the mummy. kind of storyline where it's like oh you're a bad man we're gonna curse you by making you so strong because you're damn, like damn you here's your super strength and immortality yeah oh, be no. like that Suffer. but like but you can also just like burn in the sun <laughs> like being a vampire doesn't sound particularly great um well i think the actual thing is is that so Kane is now forced to forever watch his uh, kin fight and kill each other for the rest of eternity, just like how he forced God to watch him do, like, you know? Yeah. 
So it's like your children are going to kill each other forever, which is why there's all these different clans and all these feuds between the clans because it's all just God. So that means God is real, by the way. Oh, yeah, if and, that's and case, he makes vampires in this world. If if you found that out, if you're a vampire and you found out that the first vampire was Cain, would you not just be like, Shit, i got to go to church. Sorry, guys. I gotta, like, I will drink blood. i got to go to church, though, because he's he's real. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell in the however long it takes me to get my final death or whatever it's called. I'm pretty sure early on, is his name Jack? Voiced by John DiMaggio, Bender from Futurama. Mm. His name is Jack. I think he claims that holy symbols and crucifixes, like, don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. But really, in in this universe, they should. If Cain is real and therefore God is real, then you should. Then they should be the strongest. Like, churches should, like, hurt them. Like, God's like, no, you can't, you can't come into, like, my house. You are banished. Like they physically should be unable to enter. Just a few notes for your long-standing tabletop RPG. Let's have some consistent logic here, guys. God is real, then crucifixes should hurt you. I wonder if it comes out to anything else, like in Changeling the Dreaming. Are they like, ah, oh, yes, this is from Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're willing to go where Smart won't. Uh Oh, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> so who is, because you said there's John DiMaggio. And so there's also, I think, Azula from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And I just want to say now, I hate that character. It's like a lot of people, look, I hate that character. I s- knew exactly what was happening like the second time I saw her. And I got to say, not a fan. So you're talking uh, about the uh, the owners of the Asylum nightclub, Therese yeah, and the, Jeanette Vorman. Yeah, the sisters. Who are... Uh, well, are you spoilers. Are you just going to spoil this 15, 16-year-old game? I'm going to spoil How this 17-year-old game that you can figure out what's going on in about your second meeting. They are just one... It's just one Malkavian... With two personalities, from what I can tell. I think there is a chance that she is legitimately, like, has the spirit of two in her. Like, if it's a fantasy game, it could it could be. That could be how it goes. I mean, like... But I, ju- I just think she's a crazy fucking bitch, and I was... The quicker I could be done with her and her storyline, the better. <laughs> which was a shame, because I like the voice acting. The, um... They basically pit you against the other one. Um, and I was able to make them work together in the end. Because um, it all comes to a head and they, like, uh, threaten to kill each other. So, themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I think they can. Uh, cause- yeah, they do. I, I made her off her sister, yeah. Oh, okay. So, I made them work together in the end. Um so did you get to hear about their father? I they talked to me about it as I said didn't like the character I tuned out. Right. Because I think like if I think they're implying that this is part of the reason why it's a split personality. Um 
they suggest that they were already two people kind of growing up and that they lived like alone. Um, and they told, they were told like that they couldn't go outside and stuff. Um, and they have like a full on, like there's a very clear like split where they start to like dislike each other when, um, the, when Jeanette kills the father because he was like abusing Therese. Like it's like it's it, it gets like really like really intense and like really deep. Um because it's basically like it so therefore it's like this vampire, when they were a human, were being like abused by their own father and their brain couldn't deal with it. Like their mind schismed right. and at some point after that they became a vampire. Um and so it's like it's this very like harrowing like story, uh, which at that time everything had been quite like silly, you know. Like it, it's quite a like a, it's quite a s- silly supernatural sort of game, and and they're quite a silly character, particularly um, Jeanette, who sort of is like a Harley Quinn style character. But then as they're having this argument, you can make them like tell the story and it's like very sad and I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, no, I I wasn't. I was pissed off because they just kept like, I don't, they just kept playing me. But it's like, but you know, like even if you aren't conscious when the other's at the wheel, you know that when she is at the wheel that she's going to do something. So don't get fucking pissed off at me. Just because I'm doing what you're telling me to do. Like, that's your own problem. It's like, it actually, that's how much it bothered me. And it's kind of like, it's it's a thing that a lot of games do, where you do get, like, kind of um, railroaded. It's also a, te- it's a very tabletop thing, where you get railroaded. Um, when the DM makes your character do something you think maybe wouldn't do. Like, hey, you know, but you got to, you know, it's a grind, grow with it. whatever. But it's like, this was one of the worst examples of that for me. And I sp- like, it's not a grind thing. It's it's a gripe. No time to gripe. <laughs> I just was, uh, it was very annoying. I, I don't know if there really was a way that I, I, th- I think I couldn't. I think I did actually try to pull out my weapon, but I think the thing was like, no, you, you, there's no weapons here. Because I would have done it. It was like the third time I've seen her. I know what's going on. I'll do it. I'll you. You want your sister dead? I can do that for you. But I don't think you could, and so you're forced to play this this little game in the big game. I guess so many, so many RPGs sort of put you into that box. Where, like, which ones truly allow you, like, f- the complete freedom to, like, kill all NPCs? Um, it's not uh, it's, it's not as often as advertised. Like, a lot of games will be like, oh, you can do whatever you want. But it's like, oh, no, this player, if they, if, like, fall out, you kill them? No, they just come back. It's fine. Uh, you're just knocking them out. They just fainted. But not often yeah, where you can actually. Yeah, Bethesda thing. You, like, go to kill someone important and they just pass out. So, 
I mean, I'm not surprised a game like this didn't give that option. It's it. I don't know. I just think about it does feel very. It might just be the fact that it's in the Source engine, but it does feel so amateur and in its at least in mechanics and look. Like, even at the time, I don't think you could call it a AAA game. No, I don't think it. Like, if you compare it to other games, like, I don't have the list, but there's things like Halo 2 or Half-Life 2. It's like, these are some good-looking games. Like, from my understanding, uh, they're not a, they were not a big team that worked on this. No, I don't um, imagine so. And it was like a yeah, quite a big project. Like it's like it's just it's mechanically rough. I like the aesthetics. I like the story, um, but it's got the clunk. I tell you what, compared to Fallout Three, which was four years later, this does not do too bad for four years before Fallout Three. That's not too shabby. When was Oblivion? 2006? Yeah, 2006. Yeah, I can see a line. Because it's definitely better than Morrowind in terms of visuals see, uh, and combat mechanics. You can actually pick up our episode of Morrowind. And Matt, did you not say that you very much enjoyed that? Yeah, I liked Morrowind. Um, I hate I Morrowind. Genuinely- <laughs> Compared to this, I hate Morrowind. It's stu- it's hard to say I hate it as a whole, but compared to this, I'm playing this before Morrowind any day. Yeah, it's like if you have so this is Morrowind's 2002, this is 2004, Oblivion's 2006, Fallout 3 is 2008. Hey, I'm getting flustered. Uh, Skyrim, let's just keep the pattern. That was 2010. Let's pretend like it. It works like. If that line, that trajectory, that's pretty good. So how do we want to rate this then as at, with our ratings? How is are this we, going? Are we there yet? Hang on, are we there yet? Oh, we I mean, are there yet. Do you it's have much else to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I've got a few things to okay, say. Okay, go on, go on. Um, someone else put this in. I didn't put this in, but I can talk about it because I, I can think of a thing. Uh, so one of you boys wrote, cutscenes can be quite bare, low budget. Whoever said that? Stand up now. Go on. You won't be in trouble. If, if you tell the class, you won't <laughs> be in trouble, I promise. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Did you write your this own notes? This is from last. This is from last one. You this silly. This is from Destroy All Humans. Oh, that was my Who's- note for Destroy All Humans because <laughs> there was, like, lack of sound. This, this isn't. Someone's just taken the destroyer of humans one and just put stuff on top of it. You boys, we're going to have a chat after class now. <laughs> oh, no. But it's relevant, though. <laughs> yes, cutscenes can be quite bare, low budget. They can be so low budget, there's a scene when you first get to downtown, which is the stupidest thing in gaming I've ever seen, where it's like a cartoon of the guy coming behind you, sneaking behind you. (laughs) I don't know what the word for perception in this game is, but you could have the maximum perception. Nah, it doesn't matter. This this loud man comes up and hits you with a baseball bat, and you're like, you're dead. 
well, oh, but it's a cutscene, so you get saved. It's like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Because uh, I assumed one of you guys was going to say more about it. I'll I'll move on. No, I do uh, understand I've what you got... mean, because it's that kind of like yeah. tiptoey Tom and Jerry yeah, like wind up with the baseball bat, but there, there aren't that many cutscenes, and like, but when they happen, I really don't like them. Honestly, like the starting cutscene, I really did not like that. Was not a fan of it. Uh, but I'll I'll move on. Uh, my biggest note is this ties into why I don't like the the sisters. When everyone is edgy, no one is. If every single character is edgy, goth, oh, like yeah. okay. big titty goth GF, no one is. Like, And honestly, it's like, I don't know if they really, if the devs are really into these kind of like goth chicks or goth boys even, you know, it's, it's irrelevant what angle you're at. But to me, I feel like if you're not at that angle, what they're shooting for, it's like nothing. I do not like clubs. I do not like the music in this game. I do not like the goth aesthetic of this game. Like I, I like the like the ideas and stuff. But it's like there was not like I feel like they were trying so hard. Like every second fe- named female character, it was like the dev was nudging you, going, "Ah, oh, what do you think about her? Huh? Like that guy from the Matrix." like the girl in the red dress made of myself that's what it feels like and i'm just like none of these none this is not anything i want none of the male models i feel like i could be like oh yes that's my character or at least none of the ones that i saw were like like the gang really ended up being a guy with dreadlocks what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) um and I am from before. The computers are weird. That's my second last note. But my final note, and then I will review it, is that this is there's a lot of good moments here that's just weighed down by the larger whole of it. You know, there's just a there's a lot of like the haunted house was really cool. I liked a lot of like individual moments that i'm thinking of like sneaking through that big multi-story car park where there's a gang brawl about to happen i really liked it it was really good but honestly i don't see like it's a good game if you are looking for a game where you just walk around and take in everything but if you're looking for like objectives maybe or like something specific or goth vampires aren't your jam if you're like me you have no time to grind like the rating that i give this the lowest rating i can give no redeeming yeah. qualities oh no for th- grind said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like i am looking forward to eventually hopefully uh Bloodlines 2 may have some of these redeemable qualities, but uh, this one I feel the what's it what's his name? There's a YouTuber, and I'll I'll get you his name. Um, 
afterwards. He's very inappropriate, but he does a, like, watch the video, you're done. You don't need anything else. Just watch that video. Uh, I'll look that up. <laughs> you guys rate. Uh, I think for me, especially because it's not my kind of game, it's just a no time to grind. And it's not that it's a bad game. It's just uh, with a lot of these games, you know, we talked about some of these cult games are hard to get into. I think this is one of those where, especially for coming in blind after 20 years, it can feel rougher than maybe it was at the time. So it might just be harder for, for one to get into, but I'm sure there are people out there who would play it and enjoy it. So uh, for me, it's a no time to grind as well. I think that this is one of the this is one of the most enjoyable games of this year that we've played. I think um, it's it's very clunky. I really don't like the combat, but. If it had the combat of a Fallout 3 or New Vegas, it's it's just vampire Fallout, and that's kind of my jam. Like, I enjoy I enjoy side quest stories, interesting characters. I like persuasion mechanics. I like lock picking and hacking computers. I actually like the way that these computers worked, in that you literally are typing into them. And so you can find the password somewhere in the environment and literally type in the password. Like, I like that. I liked um, sneaking around the blood bank and, like, convincing the convincing the receptionist that I was there to fix, like, the IT and then having com- to convince the guard upstairs and you've got to break into, like, uh, the secure, like, drugs depository. And by doing and to do that, you've got to like turn off the cameras. Like, the, I like these kinds of games. It's a little bit Deus Ex, like uh, the newer Deus Ex. I haven't played the classic ones, but like, there's a lot here that you can see is the DNA in many games that follow. These guys are just having a crack. They've got good game design in an engine that they probably don't know what they're doing. Like. I think that's how it comes off. Source, I don't think, is really for this. It's like playing a vampire RPG in Gary's mod. That's like, why you Source if, like, maybe once did I play with the physics that there is provided? Um, but it's like, if this is Source Engine, why aren't I using lots of, like, physics, uh, which is... Like, literally, if you play Half-Life 2 and you think about game physics, the game is ruined because you realise that's all the game is, is just playing around with game physics. But it's like, why am I... It's like going to Domino's and not getting pizza or going to Chicken Treat and then getting the fish burger but imagine like, what are you doing? <laughs> imagine someone is working on the concept of dominoes and says hey i haven't opened dominoes yet but would you also like to use our ingredients like that's what they were as far as i'm aware that's what they were met with they were kind of known developers in pc gaming and valve said hey we're working on source 
do you want to be like the first non-Valve source game? But they had never seen Half-Life 2. It didn't exist when they were working on this game. So they they have they have some really nice ingredients, but like you're saying, instead of making a pizza, you know, they didn't even make a calzone. They've made like a panini. And like and you're like, "Oh yeah, I see how this works, but I'm kind of in the mood for pizza." Like I see how it how they did miss it because they were clearly flying quite blind in using this. Like I re- I really think the combat is quite shit. Um, <laughs> like, but the rest of the game is like no different to me than Fallout Three or New Vegas. Running around towns, having fun in side quests, learning about interesting characters. There's some nice voice acting. I like like I do like it. I thought that the um. The bonds hunting, the bounty hunting. I thought that was a really yeah. good quest line that ends in the um, spoiler ends at the uh, the amputee. Um, what are they called? Prosthetic stores. And uh, that it was my favorite. That was like one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah, and so there's like there's some there's some really good some really good side quest stuff in here, and I didn't get to play enough of it because of how clunky it is but i'm actually like i think i want to get bloodlines i'm like if you can give me this kind of game with a good combat system because let's face it these games will never let you not do combat no matter how much they tout that you can be all persuasion based and kind of figure out the puzzles, learn information in advance to convince someone. No, that's always nonsense. There will be combat. And until someone can make a game that truly lets me play my way, then we're just going to kind of have more of these. And it's not a bad thing. And yeah, if you were a 2004 goth who had a thing for Harley Quinn, then this will look good to your eyes, but no one else's. it's a fine time to grind if you can play it i do think it is worth playing if you can get it like cheap um because it's quite fun and it is like it is a cult classic i do understand why people love it so much and it is it's like a double cult classic it's like it's a cult classic of a cult (laughs) like of a subculture anyway yeah so my, Um, my biggest takeaway is it is enjoyable it's just it's just clunky, like it's just very clunky. But it's it is enjoyable if this is your kind of game. It's definitely not Adrian's kind of game. We've learned no. that many times across the like the podcast. If it looks like a Fallout, moves like a Fallout, talks like a Fallout, <laughs> he does not want it. I think that's the thing. If you really like just walking around the New Vegas wasteland, get this game. Like, this is the game for the person who likes to wander around New Vegas aimlessly and just take in the world. Adrian should have played... That was me. Adrian should have played Nosferatu. He should have played... (laughs) Just make it a stealth game for him. It's a stealth game, mate. That's how you should have done Uh, it. Charisma, no, no. Yeah, but if I don't know where I'm stealthing to, it's not not the same impact. Like, Dishonored, stealth game, amazing, 100% of it, love it. But it's, it's more direct. So do you want to compass like Fallout? Like, yeah, like a quest if it had marker? just been that, like, yeah, like, because there was a quest log, but it was, yeah, it's very much, 
like you said earlier, it's a it's a puzzle of its own. Go to the docks and look for this thing. Okay, I guess I'll go. But like, if it was like a yeah, just a compass yeah. with like a how far away, that would have made things a little easier, a little bit more palatable for me. So if That's you want ta- your hand held in a game, you don't want this one. You are probably looking for I don't know, like a if you want exploration and like an yeah, taking birthday, in a world. living book perhaps or you know. Something really simple, just to ease in. It just, it's different. It's different. That That's a good if, way to put it. <laughs> so, uh, to follow up what I was saying before, if you're a busy gamer and you want to know more about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, which, when you think about it, should only be referred to as Bloodlines because it's like saying Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate. No, you just say Baldur's Gate. Uh, so look up Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, <laughs> Google that, uh, and then Seth with two S's, so S-S-E-T-H, he's a bit, uh, root, he's, he's a naughty boy, but, um, that'll get you everything you need to know about the game, and, and that's for you too as well. <laughs> All right. I reckon, I reckon it'll, I reckon that video will tickle Michael now that he's played it. <laughs> Or at least the majority of it. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We've had another blast. We're up to Rocksmith next. And uh, that's it for the year. And then next year will be... Oh, I've got some spicy things up my sleeve. Don't you worry. Oh. Uh, 2022. I was trying to think of a rhyme. (laughs) 2022. Lots of fun for you to listen to. Thank you very much. My name's been Adrian. I've been Matt. And I've been Michael. I just like when you see a man peeing in an alleyway and you think, I can finally, a meal. It all depends on what the man is, because as a venturer, if he was, you know, if he was earning probably like sub 40k a year, that's going to make me sick. Um, going to spew that right up. Uh, and don't get me started in the sewers. There's only rats, and I can't eat those. <laughs>